Moral Revolution community, welcome back to our podcast. I'm so glad you joined us today. We're gonna dive into all things God's design for healthy sexuality. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. We're super excited today. If you're watching, you can already see we have special guests with us. If and they're just, very smart special guests. <laughs> they are. They're the real we experts here. brought in some here. smart people today. <laughs> and if you're just listening, then we are here to tell you we have Dr. Glenn and Phyllis here with us all the way from the Nashville, Franklin area in Tennessee. Uh, Dr. Glenn and Phyllis, he's a licensed marriage and family therapist and a clinical psychologist and then they're both connection oh, sexologists codes. right what did i say psychologist oh i meant to say sexologist. he's a sexologist folks. <laughs> even better definitely better for let's talk about it because those are all the things i like to talk about it and then connection codes coaches and experts we're so excited to have you guys here today wow thank you thank you we're excited to be here and to finally meet you guys yes. and to get to talk about Sex. That's right. <laughs> it's like the conversation you wish you could have with your mm. mom and dad, but you can't because you feel oh. so uncomfortable and you're someone's mom and dad. And so to get to have it with you guys is awesome. Yeah, yeah that's cool. true. That's true. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'd love for you to kind of share just for those that maybe don't know you guys. I mean, mm. you guys have created such powerful content mm. with connection mm. codes. It targets so many areas. You know, we, we've we've went through or started to go through some of it and it's it's been for us, for parenting has been really big, hmm. um, but would love for you just to kind of give everybody, hey, what's the? This is what connection codes is, so they can get to know you guys a little bit. Yeah, well, the connection codes grew out of our defeat, mm. our disaster, our pain. Uh, the first about ten years of our marriage uh, was just constant disconnect, pain mm. every day. And we were startled by that because, as all brides and grooms do on their wedding day, we thought, "We're this is awesome. We're rocking. I've never been to a wedding where they go, yeah, we're going to be head over heels about six months, maybe two years, and then we'll dissipate into some level of blahness. I've never been to that wedding. But yeah. Those part of the vows. Totally. And so we thought we were set, and uh, our marriage literally was ruined on our wedding night. Uh, a long, boring story uh, in that, but we were just, we never could get any traction, never recovered, uh, just day after week after month after year after year after year of pain mm. and from that we were just so baffled and and irritated and frustrated and and just clueless as how can this be mm. we married on purpose this was right. not an arranged marriage it wasn't a shotgun marriage we did it on purpose so what in the world happened and that was huh. our became our quest yeah. to figure mm. out how this can't be real this can't be true you know, so much of this grew out of our marriage, our pain, and yet uh, over the years, it, we've realized this is a human yeah. need, mm -hmm. yeah. a human condition. And, the, you know, the tools with the connection codes, it works with humans. Yeah. And it works not just in marriage, but in friendship yeah. and in business and in parenting. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and, you know, out of that also, we we talk a lot about sex because that was such a huge pain point mm. in our marriage yeah. and applying these tools, you know, for us, it's like we want to have emotional connection. Mm. Kind of that's, if you're thinking of a ladder, those are the first few rungs. You've got to yeah. have good so emotional good. connection to have great sexual connection. Yeah. And so that's where we got really passionate about these tools in marriage is goes, okay, you got to be there emotionally. You've got to feel yeah. safe with each other. You've got to be able to trust each other and be vulnerable because what is... Any, sex is the most vulnerable Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so you've got to be transparent emotionally yeah. to be able to trust each other sexually yeah. and to yeah. be vulnerable sexually. So yeah. that kind of grew out of our own pain, but then we've seen it work with all relationships as mm -hmm. far as the tools of the connection codes. Right, which we didn't initially know, 
because I'm a marriage therapist, and this just grew out of marriage therapy. And I started, mm. uh, again, initially just with us, trying to figure out what is happening here. How did we get so off track? Yeah. How did mm-hmm. we get so lost? Uh, and about 10 or so years into our marriage, all of our friends started divorcing and people we grew up with. And we always knew they were going to marry and have 2.3 children. <laughs> we didn't know they were going to marry, have 2.3 children, and then divorce. Mm. And we, so we were mesmerized, like, what, what's happening with them yep. that didn't happen with us? Because we were maxed out on pain. We were maxed out on disconnect, mm, right. on the struggle. So what in the heck happened with them? So we just started asking questions initially, just kind of out of morbid curiosity, like, what happened? And then it became our quest, and, and we would ask the follow-up question. You know, we would say, yeah. what happened? People go, oh, we grew apart. Well, usually in our culture, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I get that. You know, Oh, well, we're, we just fell out of love. And it's like, oh, well, that stinks. But then we go, wait, what does that mean? You like you mm-hmm. fell out of love, like on a Tuesday at six, or I mean, you, you I mean, at some point, I guess you fell in love, and then so when did you fall out of love? You know, we grew apart. Well, wait, when did what happened? Yeah, like Friday at four, you start. I mean, it's simple because if you're growing together, you went on the second date on purpose, mm-hmm. yeah, you went on the third date by choice, so you good. showed up on the wedding date uh, voluntarily. So at some point, so we wanted to isolate and figure out when did that, how did that happen? Help us get that. And that, again, that's many, many years ago, but that eventually grew into uh, the mission, and now it's our passion because we finally figured it out, which yeah. uh, I'm a researcher, I'm a scientist, I research like crazy, and to figure out, oh, this is what happens with people. This yeah. is what causes people to disconnect. And I'm the educated one, but Phyllis is the smart one, and she figures everything <laughs> out. I do all the hard work, and then she figures it out. And one day she said, because as I began seeing this and just putting, sweeping all this stuff together in a pile— and realizing this is what causes humans to disconnect. Wow. So then one day she goes, well, wait, what if you turn it upside down? Is that what causes people to connect? And I'm like, yeah, probably not. That's not what the, <laughs> that's not what the research project was. She's like, yeah, that makes sense, baby. If, yeah. if that's what causes disconnect, you do it in the opposite and not to connect. And then we started researching that, and we're like, well, let me dang. She's right, and she's Pretty much always right. It stuns me. It's really irritating because I've worked funny really how hard. That works. I've worked really hard to get this educated. It is frustrating. And she just kind of has it. Um, but now we realize. Now we get it, and that's what yeah. became known as the connection codes because we're actually coded for this from birth, which is so I love the name. Exciting. The name is so good to it, and it yeah. does a great job of de- like representing what it is. Yeah. yeah. Like here's your codes to be connected. Here's right. the things you need to do. So. Here's what we're going to get into talking about sex, but I really want to make sure everybody has the access to the resources because it's such powerful stuff. Yeah. They have a book called Connection Codes Now. So if someone's like, they're already realizing, okay, I love them. <laughs> but if they don't know it now, they're going to know it by the end of the podcast. Mm. What do they do to get access to what you guys do? Mm. Well, we have a website, connectioncodes.co. So go there. You can see all the material, all the different uh, webinars that we have. One is on sex. One is on foundations, which is just all the basic tools. And then one is on parenting. The book is on there, but you can get it through Amazon. Um, And then just some of the videos that really walk you through like, okay, I get this. And, And even our tool, there's one. Uh, that's our main tool, which is called the uh, the Core Emotion Wheel, and it's on the the website to be able to just download the video that teaches you how to use it, how to do it, and so there's little pieces you can have it all. Mm. Uh, you know, you can go for it and go. You know what? I want to see mm. everything that you've got. Which yeah. we even once a month do a ladies only webinar where we mm. talk very much about sex, body image, just things that. Whether you're single or married, just what yeah. do we deal with? What are oh, we wow. hearing? So 
from social mm. media? What are mm. we hearing from just the all those voices out there that uh, you know affect us as women? So that's mm. that's a really good one once a month, and you can actually buy the recordings if you want to just dig into that. Mm. So there's just a lot of different yeah. avenues to get this information and to figure out how awesome. to use it and apply it. Yeah, it's so good. I love it because you're talking about the core, like how you flipped it upside down mm. and its emotions and how to connect before we can sexually connect before anything right. else. But so many of us, like we didn't grow up in a home like that. It's right. like we went to school wow. and learned that. We learned like silly things that I don't use anymore. But I'm like, we didn't learn how mm -hmm. to connect. So I use my wiffle ball skills. Still. <laughs> From I used them last night. You know, yeah. so those, some of that stuff's still at play. Once yeah. you have kids, you get to like. Sure. Oh, that's yeah. good. Fifth grade wasn't a waste for you. That's yeah. right. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's a core education that you're like, everybody needs. I love yeah. that you mm -hmm. called it foundations because it mm -hmm. really is. It's a foundation mm -hmm. for friendships. It's a foundation for marriage. Marriage, it's a foundation for how you parent. So right. super awesome. excited about that. Wait, well, let's I, have, talk about I have the next question. What? Go. You said your marriage broke on your wedding night. No, well, you want that yes, story? Yes, we got to hear more. Well, well, let, let me fill in one gap real okay. quickly because when we talk about the connection codes, part of the power of the connection codes and the beauty of it is this is our coding. If I said to you, do you speak Russian? I don't. Okay, if I said to you, if you'll learn fluent Russian, you can connect with her, you mm. could do it. I mean, you're a smart guy. That's obvious. You could eventually learn fluent Russian. It's going to take you a bit. A and it's time. going to be a daunting task. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very halting. You're going to screw up so many times. I'd probably say, say there's got to be an English-speaking woman well, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be so many stupid things you say incorrectly. Yeah. But yep. you could eventually become fluent in Russian. This is not a new language right. that you have to learn. This is yeah, the language of so your good. birth. We're actually coded for this. We're faith-based, but if it's faith-based or evolutionary, still the same thing. Humans know how to connect mm -hmm. at birth. Mm -hmm. If you look at a 12-month-old, they connect. That's they know so how to good. convey. They know how to be authentic. You don't have to coach them every morning. Now, today, I want you to tell mommy what your needs are. Yeah. I want you to be authentic with me. No. this they are Three o'clock in the morning. You ever noticed this with your little ones? <laughs> Freaking three o'clock in the morning. They don't care. No, they never, never look at their watch. Three, did they? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, you, you didn't notice. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. We, we just learned something about these two. <laughs> but your 12-month-old never looked at his watch and said, you know what? It's 3 a.m. I'm going to let mom sleep in. I'll, I'll wait till 7 to let her know what's authentic with me. Never. Yeah. And somewhere along the way, so we good. never get recoded, but we get reprogrammed. And we're just wow. trying to relearn uh, our coding, reactivate. Mm. That was a message right there. Oh, mm. it's so good. It's so good. Well, I think just to stay on that message, we have so misunderstood emotions. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And for me, this was life changing. Mm. Uh, and, and all this research and the I was the one it just, you know, that kind of always would say he's got enough emotions mm. for both of us. Wow. Mm. I'm good. I don't need emotions. Yeah. He covers that topic. Mm. And that's not how it works. Yep. I have emotions that fire in the five regions of my brain, same as your brain, same as yours, mm -hmm. same as yours. And we all have that. And most of us don't know that. Wow. We think we have a choice. We yeah. can opt for this one or that wow. one or not have this one now. No, it doesn't. That's not how we were created. Yep. And we've misunderstood emotions yeah. and what to do with them. Wow. And it's a very unhealthy thing that we do to our mm. bodies. We mm. do to our relationships wow. because we put them away. We yeah. think that there are certain ones, we even call them, this is a good emotion, this is a bad emotion. Mm. No, yeah. it's an emotion that fires in your brain. It's your guide. It's your teacher. <laughs> it, it is what we need to survive in life. Wow. Fear is a great emotion. It tells you when to walk across the street, yeah. to stop because there's cars coming. Fear is Don't a good thing. Don't jump off this cliff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
And yeah. and yet we have misunderstood so many emotions mm-hmm. that we we hide them because we don't know what to do with them. We stuff them. Mm-hmm. And this is a, a way to just give you the science, help you to understand what's happening in your body, in your brain, and then to know how to communicate it in a wow. really healthy way yeah. to say, oh, I have fear that your little boy jumped, hurt himself on the trampoline. That fires fear. He experienced fear. Yeah. That's a good thing to be able to just express that and to, yeah. to regulate, co-regulate with each other that ooh, just went through that together. Yeah. And and if you understand it, it's a beautiful thing and it just happens so quickly. So and good. that changed our lives mm. incredibly. You know what's so great marriage. about you guys is you just described what you do and what you offer, and I felt like it was a message. Mm. <laughs> what you guys Here's do. what we do. It's Here's so what we offer, impactful. and I feel like I just got a message. Yeah, mm. and so, so the good. book is for even if you're single, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's oh anybody, like hearing yes. that, I'm like, it's I grew up stuffing humans. my emotions. Humans. Like, any like, human. We've had several camels read it, and it just doesn't resonate <laughs> with them, but True. humans are right on point. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. amazing. Okay. Yeah. So you asked the what broke yeah. your yeah. marriage. What broke your marriage? Yeah. Well, I, I do want to say the backstory, but just to say, you know, uh, we met young. I was 15. Glenn was 16. We met at a Bible camp. I The first time I met him, I had grown up in Germany. My parents were missionaries. I loved mm-hmm. the Lord. I was a Jesus freak as a child because that's why we were in Germany, mm-hmm. you know, to, to teach the world about, to teach all Germans about the Bible yeah, right. and about Jesus. And then we moved back to the States and I'm in my teenage years and I'm just like, oh, I want to meet someone that loves the Lord. Met Glenn. He loved the Lord. He was on fire for Jesus. He knew the word. All those things mattered to me. Yep. And I thought that's the foundation that you build a marriage on that guarantees you success. So you need everything's going to be Absolutely. great. Absolutely. And that was and, really cute. And he yeah. was. So he was. You were really cute? Oh, yeah. There, there, there was that. I yeah. noticed you said I were. To you be were honest. You were really cute. Well, that was he a was. long time ago. Drop dead. Drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. And, you know, we went into marriage, that whole thing, you know, we're not going to have sex before marriage. Mm. You, you save that. Now, you know, we moved the line a bit. Mm. Like we were, you know, 100% pure, except we kept moving that line, which is a very dangerous line <laughs> to really move. Who really knows what the definition it is? Right. is. Exists. I mean, like, exactly. Line a bit too. Right. And when you move the line, it actually, I think, does more damage mm-hmm. because you deal with guilt and you deal with yeah. a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. And, and then yeah. you, you also, you can be incredibly creative and yet never have put the penis into the vagina. Yeah. And so you're like, we're pure. So we go into our, but actually the guilt part and the shame part maxed out mm-hmm. about six months before we were married. And I said, you know what? Uh-uh, no more. You're not even going to put your arm around me until we're married. No more kissing. We're not going to hold hands. And you're not even going to put your arm around me. Mm-hmm. And Glenn uh, honored that. That was pretty black and white. We had done this gray thing for so long mm-hmm. and kept moving the line. And finally I was like, I can't stand the guilt anymore. Mm. So for six months until our, our wedding, there was nothing. So that, that kiss, when the, the, you know, pastor said, you can now kiss the bride. It was like, right. It's supposed to be magical and fireworks go off. And now let me back up too to say, no one talked to us Mm. before we were married. No one talked to us about sex. Mm -hmm. No one talked to us about uh, what, 
even processing through the guilt and shame of the the gray lines we had crossed. Sure. So we uh, have a fabulous wedding and, you know, Glenn wrote a song, sang to me as I walked down the aisle. We sang our vows to each other. Of course we did. Musical types. It was just beautiful. (laughs) And, you know, it was videoed by somebody we didn't know was coming in and they wanted to put it on some show because it was so, you know, magical. So couldn't have been more perfect. Then we that means you had a great marriage, though, right? Oh, exactly, exactly, exactly. And we actually had um, booked a honeymoon suite at the at the Hyatt Regency. So you know, again, perfect. He had his own bathroom. I had my own bathroom. Only good sex happens in the honeymoon suite. Exactly. Yeah, right. And we both had our own separate bathrooms. Like beautiful. That's that's what marriage is really beautiful. Need. That's the real key. <laughs> so then we finally, finally get to put the penis into the vagina. Which is the greatest 11 seconds of my life. I, mean, <laughs> I was very surprised. You lasted long. Good for you. She was so bothered. Yes. Because it was a bit of a disappointment for her. It was. It was. I think in that moment, I really was devastated mm-hmm. I was so disappointed, and I thought, we saved that? Mm. We, what? Yeah, we did a lot of water skiing on our honeymoon. Yeah. Because she figured out if we're out on a boat with a bunch of other people, none of this sex stuff was going to happen. Yeah. So I After was like, that, I did not know she was a water skiaholic. And yeah, she, was. All, she was like, <laughs> hey, let's, let's go, go water, back water on the boat. Water skiing became her medicine. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Glenn had booked the honeymoon, so we went from that, that honeymoon sweet amazing thing yeah. to the Pocono Mountains, a honeymoon resort. Yeah. Wow. The yeah. heart-shaped bed. Heart-shaped bed yeah. with the mirrors on the ceiling mm-hmm. and the red velvet everywhere. And you had your own private little pool that was like no bigger than this table. <laughs> and and I was freaking out inside. Wow. And immediately I was like, sex is horrible. Mm-hmm. Sex is painful. It is not fun. It is just horrible. Horrible, mm. and I shut down inside, mm. and was like, "Don't touch me. Let's just go back to that." We did good for six months, mm. and we got along just fine. Mm. So let's just live there. And Glenn's just devastated, mm. like, "No!" And I'm like, "I don't want you to touch me." Yeah. We go back home, back to church, back to all of our friends. But you, who do you talk to? Mm. No one talked to us before. Because there's this whole facade, too. Like, oh, how was the honeymoon? Exactly. Oh, yeah. And wink, we just wink. smiled. Yeah, right. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah. The Pocono <laughs> Mountains were lovely. Yeah. And yeah. the food was great. And we just, I was just dying inside wow. and did not know who to talk to. And, you know, immediately Glenn is the researcher. So he starts reading every book known to man and he would find something and he'd go, babe, just read this. And I'd go, I'm not reading that. I don't want to read that. I'm not reading that book. Mm. And I was just dying inside mm. and I, I was confused. I was mm. so disappointed. And for me, it was a God issue. It was like, I saved this. You owe me almost. I don't understand this. Mm. I don't understand why any woman would want to do this more than one time. Mm. And, and so we just mm. struggled. And, you know, in every other area, we got along. We, we felt and believed the same about money, about, you know, colors, about what car to drive. Mm. But sex was like, oh, oh it mm. triggered. And it mm. would be explosive. 
And he was holding out. Explosive, that sounds very sexual. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to say explosive. <laughs> you, can, you can delete that out, right? <laughs> so, you know, for us, it was just so painful hmm. and confusing. And eventually, I don't know, probably a year in, we decided I was just broken hmm. and that I didn't have a clitoris. That was the whole problem. That's what we figured out. I don't know how we even came to that conclusion. We knew so little. And uh, I, we got pregnant quickly, you know, which, of course, then throws everything crazy, too, mm -hmm. as far as how I felt yes. and how I looked. And so then it was even worse. And I, I would say we were, the baby was already, yeah, not yet one or two, but a, we maybe one. We had a baby, and we were talking to friends at church, and somehow— it was late at night. That always helps. And we, and made, we had a glass of wine. Okay, maybe we had yeah, a glass of wine. Yeah, helps. <laughs> and it was late at night. And finally, we just said, we're doing horrible. This sex thing is horrible. And so they just asked, like, what does that mean? And, you know, it was kind of like orgasm. I'd never orgasmed. And, mm -hmm. well, it was because I didn't have a clitoris. You know, we yeah. told them that. And they were like. Well, and they oh. asked us that. And they were in the medical field. And, and uh, they said, so, so what's happening there? And I said, oh, well, turns out Phyllis doesn't have a clitoris. And uh, they're both like, wait, what, really? And I'd done a lot of research uh, reading on it, and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, there's a, and the, the wife goes, technically that's possible. I mean, there are like a very, very, very small, I'm like, well, those people have to live somewhere, and you got lucky. You met one of these very rare <laughs> specimens. Lucky you. You guys had self-diagnosed so thoroughly well, I that you knew. <laughs> and, and the whole time they're like, Technically, we just can't believe that's possible. I'm like, don't be unkind to non-clitoris people. I mean, <laughs> you know, you got to, it's a rare specimen, and you got to meet one. Just be grateful. And uh, finally, the wife, it was really bizarre scene because the, the wife says, uh, she starts to stand up, and she goes, I feel like just taking Phyllis in the back room and showing her what I'm talking about. Phyllis just stands up. And <laughs> Yep, let's go. And then the wife sits back down, and she goes, but I can't do that. And Phyllis like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, wasn't thinking that. That's how desperate she was to get some help. I mean, yeah. some, you know, input, anything, which, again, would be such a, a weird, awkward scenario because, we, I mean, we were friends with them, but we weren't that close. And, oh, you didn't um, close with anybody. And, right. And then uh, our, our little one, who was a year too old, um, we actually were, were going to change her diaper, and the wife said, oh, let me show you on her. And so they went in the back room, and they actually she actually showed Phyllis on uh, our daughter what she's talking about, and Phyllis was like, "Well, dang, who, who, who? Well, I didn't know that I was a <laughs> <laughs> New information. It's a scientific discovery. I'm like, babe, yeah. I do. I have one. <laughs> Congratulations on that discovery. But it's so crazy because you think about it, okay, think about that. I'd already had a baby, so yeah. I had seen a gynecologist throughout my whole pregnancy. Yeah. But of course, it was yeah. a male gynecologist back in the day. When, of course, I would have never asked him anything mm -hmm. about my body or about yeah. what we yeah. were going through yeah. and just was dying in it all. Mm -hmm. And that one night, one night, one conversation and one night right. changed everything. Wow. Okay, so and why? Help because us with number like, one, that? I wasn't broken. Mm -hmm. Just knowing mm -hmm. I'm not yeah. broken was huge. Yeah, right. And then it became an adventure. Like, hmm. well, dang, we just didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Guess that what? That is so good Guess right what? there. Yeah. Guess what? Wow. Yes. Yeah. And it was such a simple thing, but we didn't know. Yeah. yeah. 
We didn't know. And the discovery is so fun. Like yeah. yes. getting to learn that wow. together, that discovery yeah. together where you experience something and you're mm-hmm. both like, whoa, right. I didn't know that that did that. Yeah. I feel closer. She feels like we yeah. feel more mm-hmm. connected in that discovery yeah. process. Oh, yeah. The adventure, yeah. yeah. Sexual was, adventure is amazing. It was crazy. And you fast forward 30 years, and one of the things we present in our uh, late night, the Connection Codes, uh, which is all about sex, is that sex is designed as a party for the female. Mm-hmm. Uh, the male gets a buy one, get one free ticket, so he gets in wow. on the party, which is awesome. But w- for centuries, we've said the opposite. We've said, oh, no, no, sex is all about the male. He just needs to get his rocks off. Uh, you know, he has the stronger sex drive typically, not always, but typically. So it's all about the male. And so the female is just supposed to show up, spread them, be available, be a sperm receptacle. And that's very much what our sexual interaction was like. We actually know, our children love it when we uh, share this, we actually know when our oldest, uh, which is our daughter, and then our son, which is our second born, when they were conceived. That's how infrequently we're even involved sexually. It's fun to yeah, share that, that in the group. We know that first couple, too. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's the only benefit to not being involved sexually very often. <laughs> As you know. Um, so well, it, it was our, on birthdays. Right. Like, our this is our the daughter birthday. was conceived on her birthday. <laughs> birthday, Christmas, son. Father's Day. Right. You're getting signed. Right. Yeah, which right. makes it so special for our <laughs> children when they hear that. Um, but, but we just were clueless. Had no yeah. idea. And now to realize, oh, this whole sex thing is actually... If you look at what happens anatomically, physiologically, psychosexually, uh, it's about the female. And again, the guys, he gets to join the party, so it's fun. Mm. But to realize that, oh, if we shift this focus to her, that changes everything. Wow. Changes the whole. And I promise you, I've never shown up at one of her parties and been disappointed. <laughs> I, I never leave the party going, well, it was her party. It wasn't that great. But if you do it the other way and you may say, oh, no, no, the party's all about the male, well, he's probably going to orgasm in two and a half minutes, two and a half minutes now, <laughs> sometimes four minutes from now. I'm older, more mature. Um, you know, this poor girl hasn't even shown up yet. Yes, totally. You know, she hasn't even awakened yet she's not even aware that there's anything sexual is going on i know she intellectually is but as far as her yeah, body right. goes yeah. and again most of that is just uh, biological that's just how the mm. female is different than the male so once we shift that and go oh okay let's make the party about you and i get a free ticket so that's cool uh it changes the whole setup okay so can i give you two questions on that i mean sure. that's Gosh, I wish I'd have met them year one of our marriage. Mm. I wish I had met us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Took us 10 years to... I I often say to young couples, I'm like, I'm kind of pissed off at you because (laughs) you're getting to experience stuff that we never got to. We we went through the brutality of the pain, and now you're getting to live... I mean, we relate so much. We called our pastor that married us. The the one difference is we felt we had people in our life we could talk to. Very clearly. Like we called our pastor on our wedding night. Hey, this isn't working. Good for you. Can you put us on speakerphone with his wife, Gretchen, Doug Mm. and Gretchen? Like, what do we do? What are we doing wrong? Help us. Yeah. But um, I would say we had about five years of those types of conversations with anybody mm. and everybody, and we still couldn't get yeah, there, so it was very frustrating. Mm. But what I would love for you guys to answer these, kind of these same question, but two two angles, okay? Mm. For the singles, is there what could they be doing, heart, body, soul, to prepare themselves specifically for, I would, I would use that necessarily good sex but to prepare themselves for the journey the discovery of connected love making with their spouse like is there something they can be doing in their single you know make, you could speak to the engaged wh- wherever you want to go there and then to the young married couple 
that relates to your story, to our story, that it is an emotional drain. It's not working. Mm. What's, you know, what are, what are you guys seeing in what you do? I know you guys have, you've counseled so many people. You've had so many mm. people in front of you. You know, probably every story that could be represented mm. who's watching singles, young marrieds. What would your advice be to them? Well, I mean, first of all, it's just knowledge, information. Mm. And we have, have set up such an odd scenario in our culture where sex is everywhere. Sex is rampant, but not sexual connection. And mm. you can be involved sexually with anybody. I mean, you, anywhere, anytime. But that's not what we're going for. It's not sexual activity. You can do that. That's easy. That's great. Uh, but to have sexual connection is a completely different universe. Yeah. It may look similar, but... It's not. It's mm -hmm. a completely different uh, universe. So just for people to have information, um, mm. we were so clueless. And most couples that I end up sitting with after whatever, years, 10 years or more of marriage, uh, are pretty clueless whenever they mm. start out and just have no real clear idea of how to do this. And, you know, we went through mm. what we call the sexual revolution in the 60s. I think it was a sexual rebellion that led to sexual anarchy, mm. which is where we are today, mm -hmm. which yeah. has just created disaster upon disaster. Mm. So I think we need an actual sexual revolution where yeah. we change this mentality. Mm. Yeah. And again, we're centuries into it. This is not a new development. Uh, this It really, it, as far as we know, and it's tough to know for certain, mm. but Clement of Alexandria is the oldest extant writings I'm aware of as far as church writings that began curtailing sexual activity. Mm, yeah. And then once the priesthood went uh, single men, uh, and if you think about it, I mean, well, how well are women, marriage, and sexuality going to be represented in a group of single, single men, men or single you know, women. who are allegedly celibate? Well, I would trust the women more than the men, to be honest, yeah. but that's just my And just in general, in every area of life, <laughs> well, I would agree with yeah, that. That's pretty much true. Well, women, I, I believe women are superior to men. I think they have a greater sense of the, the full picture. Uh, men can get very, and this is gross generality, but just people, men can get so focused and just not be aware yeah. of what's happening. So, can once I ask that you happened, a question about what lost. you just said before we move on? And, and you know, Phyllis, before you jump in there, when you say clueless, what's the one of the a couple of the most common areas that people are clueless to that you see? Like you, like you guys had come to the conclusion, no clitoris, right? Like, or no clitoris. You know, I think there's we felt clueless for sure. Mm. I think it would have been super helpful for someone to say, okay, if I'm going to go after information, what information do I go after? Mm. What am I, like, I don't know what I don't right. know. So what are sure. those areas of cluelessness well, that you see? Well, even culturally, when we use the phrase have sex, everybody knows what that means. That means putting tab A into slot B. So that's what we, that's the working definition of what sex is. Well, that's a bizarre mentality because if we're going to say that, and this is horrible, but if we're going to say that, then we have to say that rape is sex. Because they put a penis in a vagina. Mm -hmm. They had sex. Well, we would never say that. No. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. so offensive. That's so horrible and disgusting. Yeah. And yet that's what we use as the working wow. definition of sex wow. in our culture. So just because I put tab A in the slot B with fellas, that doesn't mean we had sex, whatever yeah. you're going to call that. So yeah. we don't even use that term. Mm. You know, Our point is, are they sexually connected? And the reality is we can have an incredible sexual encounter and not put tab A in the slot B. Uh, mm -hmm. If you said to me, you know, you and Phyllis had vaginal penetration, you know, five times in May. Uh, is this June? It is June. Yeah, so May. Um, I'd probably believe you. If you said it was zero times, I'd believe you. If you said 50 times, I probably wouldn't believe that. Um, <laughs> but I really don't know. 
Uh, that's on the list. That's on the menu, but we don't really care. I mean, if we do, great. If we don't, there's so much that is involved in sexual playtime and sexual connection. Uh, but what we've done as a culture says, oh, no, 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 no. All that matters is that you get that penis in that vagina and you do that and wow. you're winning. You had mm. sex. No, you didn't. I get it. You had vaginal penetration, but you can wow. do that with a stick. I mean, okay, that doesn't mean you haven't really accomplished anything. Sorry, was that offensive? Well, I'm trying to visualize a stick. It's just, it's just bizarre to me that we've done that culturally, that we're like, yeah. oh, no, that that's the that's the game. That's the whole game. Get the mm. penis in the vagina and we win. Wow. So, you're, so, so like making that, I mean, that's so powerful yeah. and incredible. Making that, breaking that down into, okay, so what's the marriage couple, the married couple do to give it the value that you're talking about? Like, what are those steps there? I know we're rabbit trailing. Ooh, you're jumping. You're I was jumping. Say, that, that's <laughs> the, that's, okay, don't, let's not go through that jump okay. first. That's late night. But back up, because oftentimes what happens, you've got two couples that are, two couples, two people that are dating. They're a couple. And they enjoy kissing. Okay. Or they just. We used to enjoy kissing when we were dating. Yes. I mean, there's, <laughs> even if you have a line of purity, you're doing something. You know, maybe it's just kissing. But. Your bodies are turning on to each other, you know, female and male. And for the female, it's an amazing feeling, that turning on feeling. And often, especially I think in our Christian communities where we do put the purity thing out there, you know, don't have sex before marriage, which means don't put the penis in the vagina before you're married. And so, you know, there's a lot of making out. And that's even for couples that aren't calling themselves, you know, pure or whatever, there's a lot of making out. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like that day of the wedding, that marriage certificate, that mm. saying, I do, all of a sudden flips it to no more making out. Let's just go for the vagina in the penis thing, right. which brings them, you know, the male, <clears throat> the husband to an orgasm. But often the wife is going, hello, right. I didn't get turned on. Yeah. And then mm. there's the, well, you must be broken. There's something wrong mm. with you. Or there's well, the conflict mm. of, ah, oh, you don't find me attractive anymore. Mm. And, you know, the movies are the worst educators. Mm. The yeah. worst. Well, because yeah. in movies, you know, those romantic comedies we all love, it's like he walks in and she just melts. And they just all of a sudden come together and they start kissing and they have sex within two minutes. And she orgasms first, always in the movies. And they just met at a bar like yes. eight minutes And ago. she <laughs> is so loud. And she's yeah. the one that's wheeling through the orgasm that happened in always the female that is vocal in you movies, I mean, it's true. go watch the movies it's virtually net the male is dead silent yeah so stoic yeah. so brave yeah huh. and you know he's waiting his turn because she always orgasms first in the movies and then from he, penetration right just stunning. from yes yeah. and so that's our education wow and we believe that stuff and then we get <sighs> married and we are like what happened and, you know, we have sat with hundreds of couples, young couples, who, and um, we've had young young boys, you know, now I feel like they're boys because I'm so old, but young men who go, I feel like she lied to me. Because mm. before we were married, she liked it. She liked making she out with so me. She was so hot and heavy. She was so hot for me. And then we marry and she's no longer hot for me. That's like, okay, let's break this down. Let's talk about the. Yes, break and this then, down because this is so, so we hear this yeah, all the time with people. Yeah. Yes. We were. Before we were married, she was, we were enjoyed kissing. We got married and she doesn't even want to kiss anymore. Right. What is that? Right. It's because we forget to stay connected. 
we don't even know emotionally how to connect, most of us. Wow. And then sexually, we don't know how to make room and space for that. Mm. We, we forget. And, and it's not out of bad intention. Genuinely, I don't think for one second right. did Glenn intend for our wedding night to be bad. Yeah. Right? Well, and part of, and of course, every couple's unique. Every couple's experience is unique. But for so many couples... He, the goal is to get the penis in the vagina, which was very much our focus, or very much my focus on our wedding night. So this is a, certainly an unpleasant experience for the bride, uh, often a painful experience for the bride. Well, we're coded. Our brains are mm. coded to move away from pain. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to walk in the to the kitchen mm. and three to seven times a week you touch the hot stove. Because you're just dumb as a brick, and you don't know not to touch the hot stove. And every time I see you, you've got more blisters on your hands. I'm like, dude, what, what you, you've you got more blisters. On, yeah, touch that hot stove again. No, your brain is telling you, be aware. That's a pain yeah. point. It's a pain source. Don't touch that. So now I've gifted her with this pain experience. Guess what her brain's going to say tomorrow? Don't do it. Don't touch that. Yeah. That's painful. And then the next day and the next week. Wow. And of course, the problem is the whole time this guy is going, no, 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 let's do. Remember that painful thing that we did? Let's do that again. And her vagina, her, her brain is going, let's don't. And so now we have this horrible cycle wow. set up. And again, my whole experience the whole time is going, oh, it's just because she's frigid, she's cold, she's mean, she's unkind, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. And we don't have a clue mm-hmm. what's happening. But actually, it's just brain chemistry. Her brain is saying, avoid pain. Good. That's what her brain's supposed to tell her. And we set it up so horribly because we were clueless. And this is why we use the term clueless, because it's a matter of knowledge. I had no idea Mm -hmm. that that was not what the goal was, that that was not what I was supposed to do. And scientifically, we actually now know the vast, 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 this is just data, the vast, vast majority of females don't orgasm, don't enjoy, don't have pleasure from penetration. They don't have enough nerve endings in their vaginas. They didn't vote for that. They didn't ask for that. That's just, we know this now. Again, just scientifically. It's not a, a point of discussion. And you hear in culture, you know, well, there are vaginal orgasms. There are clitoral. Uh, and now there's a new thing, cervical. There's G-spot. It's not true. The only thing in the orgasm, in the um, uh, genital, female genitals that has enough nerve endings to produce an orgasm is the clitoris. That's just how females are made. And we didn't vote for that. Nobody signed up for it. That's just uh, wow. the, the fact. And if we get that, that, oh, okay, so the clitoris is the center of her sexual universe. Okay, I need to know uh, that. And the whole positioning I know of where it. that is. Yes. <laughs> well, and the whole positioning of it, I'm a faith-based person. If uh, she's supposed to orgasm from uh, vaginal penetration, God's a really bad engineer. Because the clit is not positioned in the right place. Now, mm-hmm. some females can have an orgasm from penetration, but it just happens to be the lineup, the angle, the size of the penis, etc. cetera. Uh, so actually, it's not at all because it's not from the penetration. It's actually still a clitoral uh, orgasm. Wow. But the vast majority of people don't know that, unfortunately. Well, and there's so much more that goes into, you know, even when you go back, back up to the whole dating time. You know, for most, uh, there's this amazing pursuit. I'm dating you. I'm Mm going to take a shower. I'm going to show up clean shaven or not. I'm going to do my hair. You know, I'm going to wear my best. I'm going to take, I'm going to think through where we're going to go. There's so much effort put into Mm. being together when you're dating. And again, it goes to the, the, it's like we, we aren't taught how to, 
take this or just the knowledge of knowing how females work. We're so mm-hmm. different in our whole makeup, which part of it is incredible. Like as far as our orgasmic experience, you know, we are able to have multiple orgasms yeah. in one sexual encounter. What a gift. Yeah. A lot of women don't even know that. <clears throat> they have no clue that that is possible. Did you know that? And, <laughs> you know, that that is so fun. And, and, yeah. but we are also conditioned by things like television. And yeah. so mm-hmm. we deal with things like um, the, the atmosphere of the room, you know, the, we call it the sex scape. Like, what is your sex scape? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, are you tapping into all of your senses? Right. And yeah. a lot of times for uh, for the guys, they're not even aware. They don't even notice. <laughs> what color is the wall? I have no idea. Exactly. Why would I look at the wall? I can exactly. look at you. Exactly. <laughs> and there's so many things that affect the female that just don't affect the male. And mm-hmm. and so, but most of us don't even know that about ourselves. Like yeah. that is the, that's right. the trick. And, so you know, good. we deal with things like body image. Where we, uh, you know, we are supposed to be the that perfect body. He's only going to like me if I have that perfect mm. body. And and then we have a lot of shame that we pour on ourselves, and oh. we're not even comfortable with our own body. Mm. And you know, you were talking or earlier asking about the message for singles, and a lot of it is to educate, which is difficult because you go, well, where do you educate? How do you? We don't even have that forum Mm. for our Christian singles where we go, we want you to have a good body image. We want you to be comfortable naked. We often work with um, pre-engaged couples. And and one of the things we say to her is, are are you spending time like naked? And they're like, what? We're like, yeah, you need to get used to that. He's going to want you to be (laughs) naked a lot. And guys are just used to are comfortable being naked. That's so you know? true. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and my oh boys my word. would sleep naked if we'd let them yeah, make them at least wear boxers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See there? Yeah. I mean, totally that's won't. like Jeez from a, a from a that's young so age, a lot of times <clears throat> guys are just comfortable where girls aren't. Part of it is conditioning as far as even mm. as parents, how are you handling that in your own home? That's a whole nother topic as far as what we're doing as parents. Yeah. Are we helping this situation or are we just bringing it into the next mm. generation? And the, the, you know, just those things where it's like, yes, be modest. And then you marry and go be sexy. Mm. How, yeah. do you, how do you go from being told godly is modest, but now that you're married, be sexy. We don't even know our sexy. Yeah. And often that's one of the things we talk about in late night that's so fun is we think sexy is supposed to be white lingerie mm. from Victoria's Secret. Well, what if you don't like that? Or what if you don't feel sexy in that? Yeah. You got to figure your own sexy out. Yeah. Mm. That's- so and it's so good. different, and yet we have judgments on that based mm. on uh, our culture or based on mm. the little bit we see yeah. on the cover of Cosmopolitan yeah. or whatever. And mm. so we don't have a forum where we just sit around and talk about this stuff. Yeah. But we should, and yeah. we need to, because yes. we sure yeah. talk about sports. We have no problem sitting around talking <laughs> about sports. We never yes. talk about sports. Oh, God. You know? That's, I love how you said, like, we don't, a lot of times we don't know ourselves mm. and then having these conversations right. though then would give you permission to be like oh that is how I feel but Absolutely. I didn't know it was okay to feel that way because right. when you're talking about sexscape I mean that's our ongoing thing I'm like the room the room matters so much I can't have laundry in the room right. I can't yes. have a mess in the room but it's not even on his yeah. radar so he's probably like that you're speaking right. another language shove the me. laundry off the bed get it on the floor <laughs> right <laughs> no light some candles get something yeah yeah so it's so yeah. funny just having the conversations normalizing it gives you permission to own what matters to mm-hmm. you 
Yeah. yeah. And, wow. you know, part of what we talk about in, in our late night webinar is even to have, a, and we've done this, thankfully, for decades, is to have a designated what we call sex date. Hmm. Mm. And in so many marriages, you hear the message, keep dating after you're married. Well, yeah. that means get a babysitter, go to a restaurant, go to the movies, spend money you don't have, come home exhausted, and go, oh, we have to have sex because it's Cause our it was a date, date night. night. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's 11.15. He deserves so go that. Go ahead, stick it in me. Yes. Yeah. And yes. so, and then yeah. it's like, wow. And of course, awesome. he's like, yeah. okay. You know? Stop agreeing so much with <laughs> <in> that statement. <laughs> once a week, you know, and then it becomes twice a week, because, and then we can't even afford it, so it's once a month, right. where we realize what we really all need as married couples is an actual mm -hmm. night or day, if you're, you know, depending on your schedule, for, a, for an extended sex date mm -hmm. once a week, where wow. you're creative where it's special, where you're planning ahead, mm. where you're <clears throat> able to write out a fantasy, where you're thinking, babe, mm. I was thinking we're going to, tonight, let's do it in the backyard. Backyard? Yeah, it'll be dark mm. and it'll be fun. And I've got it all planned out. And because you're you're putting in an effort, you're thinking about it, you're planning yeah. it, and that. you're wow. like, oh, I'm going to buy our favorite chocolates. And, mm. you know, that's the night that we have our favorite bottle of wine and Whatever it is, that's mm. where you create that. Mm. And it is so fun. And I would say we we do this weekly. And I I, would, I feel like every week, which I laugh at, Glenn will go, whoa, babe, that was the best ever. Mm. Or he'll go. We, we set a world record every week. We do. It's amazing. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I feel like I need to wrap this up now. <laughs> we need to go on for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Transforming so good. for a marriage. Yeah. It is. And it's yeah, so fun. You're tired. You're like, not for singles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, we've been doing sex dates for about a quarter of a century now, and it's stunning to me how that's true. And, and yeah. literally, there are times I look at her, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I mean, I've been sexually involved with this woman. We don't even know. I mean, how many, 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 many thousands of times we've had well over a thousand sex dates. How can this be so mesmerizing? I mean, wow. she's not that good. I'm good. You know, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't I am. make sense. I'm really but good. we're so partnered oh, sexually yeah. that, and we know each other's sexcapes or sexual landscape or yep. sexual escape that we just rock and roll. Mm -hmm. And our culture says this is not true. Our culture says, you know, this couple's going to meet, they're hot and horny, and, you know, give them six weeks or six months, you know, a couple of years, whatever. And we actually have jaundiced research, which is very, very bad research that says, oh, yeah, yeah, males peak sexually in their late teens to early 20s, and then they dissipate for the rest of their lives. And the women peak sexually in their mid-30s. Completely bogus research. And that was wow. the first research project that I ever, the first study that I studied. And that's where I've started so much of just delving into this, is studying the study and finding out, oh, my gosh, that, that research is completely jaundiced. That wow. is so bogus. People still quote it. As though it's oh, yeah. Yeah, rock exactly. solid, and yeah. it's not true. And the re when I first I'm glad started I've researching never it, that. that makes me feel better. Well, when I first re started researching it, I was—I don't even remember. I was in my thirties, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I peaked in my late teens to early twenties, and I'm 34 now. I'm hornier than ever. What's happening with me? What? <laughs> I, what's wrong with me? Because then I started wow. thinking maybe something's wrong with me. And then I'm in my mid thirties, late thirties, and I'm talking to all my guy friends who are just as horny as I am. And, and a lot of them are not involved sexually with their wives. Now they're at, at the office or a friend or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought we were supposed to be way past this by yeah. now. You know, we mm. peaked when we were 21. 
And then, you know, I hit 40, and I'm like, my gosh, I'm, I am an anomaly. <laughs> I mean, wow. I'm a freak because I'm just as Still interested. interested. And I'm wow. 59 now, and I'm like, this is starting to get really good. Not everybody has Phyllis really as intense. their wife, though, either. Yeah. You have to but take that into that's account. What's remarkable is we're coded for this. Right. Right. Okay. Right. This is so deep inside of us. It's just automatic whenever people finally mm. get it to be able to reactivate. And I love yeah. our story because we went from so, so, so damaged yeah. and hurt and, you know, we both have sexual abuse in our childhood. Wow. So that's part of our story, too, which we haven't talked about. But, like, to go from that to where we are today and just yeah. being able to be emotionally connected and sexually connected and to know yeah. our, each other so well and to to be able to go, yeah, we have an extensive sexual menu and mm. repertoire and yeah. we have a sex scape and we even have a special closet inside our closet mm. that has a lock on it that we had built yeah. um, for all of our fun things. And, and it's just, <laughs> it just makes it like, yeah, you should get a wig. You should try it. And, you know, stiletto heels, they only work for a few minutes, but they're so fun. You and, know, we need it for a few you minutes. You know, that's this. right. That's right. And there's so much that we just don't yeah. talk about and we don't mm. know. And so we don't give ourselves permission in that arena, wow. you know, and we do for yeah. hunting, yeah. fishing, sports. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have crazy toys yeah. when it comes mm. to that, but yeah. ooh, sex, no way. You wow. know, it's, wow. it's supposed it's to be in the dark and under the covers. Wow. There's so much more to it. Yeah. This is amazing. I feel like this is leaving all of you watchers and listeners wanting more. Mm. And the good news is there's so many ways, like we said at the beginning to connect with Dr. Glenn and Phyllis. I'm going to spell it out for you really quick because this is how easy it is. If you are married, their foundations class is a webinar that you get to watch for four weeks, right? Right. Four weeks that you get to interact. You can invite your friends to do it at the same time. Um, and if you don't make the live sessions like we never could, you get to watch the recordings. Right. Then after going through foundations, you can go through late nights where you're going to learn a lot more about mm. these sex dates and sex scapes. Yeah. And then if you are parents, because we know we have some parents listening, they have an amazing set of connection codes on parenting yeah. that we actually just <clears throat> finished two nights ago. So, and then if you're single, yes, you can do oh, the yes. foundations. Yep. Well, and I think too, awesome. you know, I think for singles, yeah, we're so passionate about celebrating sex and marriage. Mm. I don't know that we have a podcast that does a better job of that than mm. this one now. Yeah. Like, this is so critical because yes. I think what you're saying is so right. The conditioning, we're conditioned to have a totally different experience. And in the church, it's like, well, sex isn't good in marriage anyways. And yes. right, like I love that we get to say, actually, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just gets better. And it just gets yeah. better. <laughs> That's the message we hear from singles all the time. They go, so wait, let me get this straight. Don't have sex until I'm married, so then I won't have sex when I'm married. Am I getting that right? I'm like, well, that's a good sales pitch there, isn't it? No wonder it? our kids don't want to right. listen to what our Absolutely. parents or our youth pastors or yeah. our, our leaders are saying to them. We haven't given yeah. them any type of a yeah. billboard for health. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. well, thank you, guys. Yes. You thank guys you. said a lot of really good things. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. We'll connection tag codes. Yep. We'll that's fun. Connection codes, and yeah. we'll put the link to their book, too. Love your story. Love what you guys bring to the kingdom. Thank you so much. So, yes. Oh, we'll yeah. have you for yes. sure. Awesome. We, it was, this was awesome. Thank, Thank you guys. You. So Thank rich. You. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to learn more and check out all of our awesome content, be sure to head to our website at moralrevolution.com and our socials, Instagram, Facebook, all of them. But before you leave, don't forget to like, review, subscribe, all of the things. We want you guys to come back and join us. We enjoyed having you. See you next time.